Hello, Central fans. I'm Trevor Castle. We're right in the heart of basketball season. So what better to do than talk hoops on the Dutch Memories podcast? For this episode, we're looking back at the career of longtime Central men's basketball coach Jack Walvoord. I recently caught up with Jack, as well as two of his former players, Jeff Vierhoff and Matt Melvin. Jack Walvoord grew up in Sheboygan, Wisconsin, and came to school at Central in the early 1950s, eventually becoming a standout guard and team captain on the men's basketball team under coach Marinus Kriegel. After graduating from Central, he played two years of U.S. Army basketball in Fort Dix, New Jersey, then started his coaching career in high school at Georgetown, Colorado and Bellflower, California. This Army basketball is a little bit misleading, I think. When, 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 I, when I went into coaching in California, uh, I was just out of uh, service and uh, needing, needed a job and uh, at that time, teachers were highly sought after uh, in every city or state you went to. And if you made an application, you probably got uh, 10 acceptances. And I, coming from a small town in Wisconsin uh, and a small college in Iowa, I didn't want to get lost in California. So uh, one of the really impelling factors for me was to find a school in California where both my wife and I decided that's where we wanted to go uh, to start our married life out there. We we decided that California was sort of the place the place to go. And when I made applications, I think I had 10 applications out and received nine acceptances, one of which was this Christian school in Bellflower, California. And so I'm after they accepted my my application, of course, all we had to do was plan our trip out there. And it was a school of about 350. Uh, at that time, it grew larger over time, of course, but it was not a big school. And we were in there with, with a lot of schools of four and 500 students on there. His son, Long Beach, was close to us uh, that we could scrimmage with or play with. And to me, that was uh, very nice because I think that you get better with your competition. And in the beginning, we struggled like all small schools would. But we were lucky enough to continue to uh, find a bunch of kids who really wanted to play. And uh, we couldn't recruit, never recruited. And uh, we managed to put together a pretty successful program. When we won the CIF championship or the California Intercollegiate Federation, uh, the break-off, I think, was about 300 and, and some for small schools. And then they went up to middle-sized schools, which is close to 400. I'm not sure exactly how they determined where we played, but uh, the first year that they had the Division Three. Uh, was the year that my last year there and the year that we won it. And uh, we should have won it a couple of years earlier already, I thought, but uh, missed a, a couple of crucial baskets. So, But there was a, we, we, we actually practiced outside. Uh, we did not have a gym for a number of years. In spite of that, we played our games in a, in a park, uh, indoor facilities. You didn't need a, a great gym, although we did have excellent facilities the last 45 years that uh, that I was there. And today they are, I think, looked at as being a power in 
Southern California in, in small small uh, school athletics in all sports, women's and men's. Walford posted a 135-60 and 60 record as a high school coach, including that 1965 California State Championship. Next stop, Central College that fall. When Marinus Craigle uh, sought another job, he went down to uh, Georgia and made application and uh, spent the rest of his career there in, uh, in the Georgia area. They obviously, this, this, some of this happened late in the school year, and now you start scrambling to, uh, to fill that position. And I was lucky enough, I guess, that uh, at the, about the same time, the president of the college, uh, President Lubbers, uh, came down to visit and I suppose was on a fundraising tour. And he uh, came by our school, looked it over, looked to talk to our students and that, and then approached me about possibly... Uh, applying for the job that was now open and uh, went back to his to Iowa here and uh, in my case I talked it over with my wife and I asked Joan how she felt about uh, going back to the Midwest and uh, there was no hesitation at all that uh, if we were lucky enough to to get the job uh, we would come back to to Iowa. I grew up in Wisconsin. She grew up in Colorado. Uh, but uh, the Midwest was, I think, where both of us thought would be a nice place to, to stay with our children. Walford was also the baseball coach for one year at Central and spent several seasons as the men's cross-country coach as well. But it was on the hardwood where he made his mark. In the three decades before he took the helm, the Dutch had won just one Iowa Conference championship. In three decades under Walford, Central won 10. He got a big boost in the fall of 1967 when a farm boy from Sioux Center, Iowa, Vern Den Herter, turned down a Division I scholarship to come to Pella. I think it was Iowa State and Nebraska were the two schools involved. One wanted him for football, the other wanted him for basketball. And uh, with the condition that he could only play one sport, he couldn't play the second sport. And so he... He wanted to play too, and so he came to Central College where we let him we let him play as many sports as he wanted to. Had he wanted to be a, a track man, we would have let him be a track man. Had he wanted to play baseball, we would have let him play baseball uh, if he wanted to come to Central College. He was a very gifted athlete. Den Herter left as Central's all-time leading scorer, and he still owns the single game, season, and career records for rebounding by a wide margin. More importantly, he helped the Dutch to a share of the 1971 Iowa Conference Championship in his senior season, along with fellow all-conference performer Ken Borgman. There was no league tournament at that time, and the tiebreaker was a one-game playoff, which Central lost 64-62 to Wartburg, preventing the Dutch from making their first-ever trip to the NCAA tournament. Dana Snope arrived that next fall and averaged better than 24 points per game over two seasons, still by far the best in Central history. But the Dutch didn't have much team success. That would finally come in a big way in the spring of 1977. Jeff Vierhoff was a freshman on that squad. At that point, he, he was on the brink of having some winning seasons. It was always close, and they had a really a strong group of uh, seniors my freshman year that it, it were uh, several of them from Pella, 
uh, and they'd started getting some players out of California from the Southern California, uh, kind of the Corver connection back in. And so you could see things coming together and you saw the, what looked like it's going to be a really good program over the next three or four years. And I said, when he kind of sh- told me about who was there, who was playing, but then the opportunities as some of the seniors would move on, it just seemed like uh, he had a good plan in place. In the four seasons from 1976-77 through 1979-80, Central posted a 68-18 and regular season record, including a sparkling 47-9 and mark in the Iowa Conference. They were outright league champions all four years, made their first four of eight NCAA tournaments under Walvard, and won three games in the postseason. There were plenty of stars during that era, none greater than two-time league MVP Veerhoff, Players like Denny Van Wyk, Carl Korver, John Slinkman, Kent Van Vark, Dave Nall, Steve Kryenbrink, and others. And Veerhoff says that Walvard was the calming force guiding the way. That's all. It's all the guys back in were the motivators. It was a, there was a group of seniors, uh, several of them from the, from Pella. That was Denny Van Wyk and Mark Gosling and some guys from Pella that. They were going to win no matter what. Things had gotten close a, a few years. So the motivation was there. Coach just kind of kept it all in perspective. And, and it was probably really fun to be part of that team my freshman year to win that first conference championship. Vierhoff added that Walvard's coaching style allowed him and his teammates to fulfill their potential. Coach Walvard was a, was a John Wooden fan. Uh, he, he really was a disciplined basketball, you know, very drill-oriented, get the fundamentals down, very defensive-oriented, not the, always the most exciting when you're a player, but when you're a player that's interested in winning games, it worked. And so it, it wasn't wide open back in. It was a very disciplined, and he worked hard on keeping that discipline in place, whether it was a practice or a game. One of the things, the four years I was at Central, we, we won the conference championship all four years, but we had four very different teams. It wasn't a set of three or four guys that just kind of had four years together. We had very different teams each year. and He was really good about bringing the discipline of the style game each year to the players. So uh, I, I think the fact that he stayed disciplined and true to kind of the old John Wooden, get the fundamentals down, play fundamentally sound basketball, Drill after drill after drill worked out for us, at least during those four years. Vierhoff also left as Central's leading scorer, and it took more than 35 years for Colby Taylor to finally knock him from the top spot. To this day, Vierhoff ranks in the top five in career scoring, rebounding, assists, and block shots. The Dutch took a bit of a step back in the 80s, winning one conference championship in 1985, led by league MVP Steve Mueller. Another former player who I visited with for this piece was Matt Melvin, who played for the Dutch in the late 80s. He says that Coach Walvard was a purist. Very fundamental coach. It, it was all about practice and preparation. You, you want to be aware of what other people are doing. But in many respects, it's, it's about your execution and your performance. Uh, you know, we, we certainly want to respect opponents. We want to look at the environment. We want to scan the environment. We want like the competition. But ultimately, success or failure is determined by preparation, attention to detail and the fundamentals, uh, but also in that execution. So again, it was always about 
to me is was always about the journey, not the outcome. Are, are we doing as, uh, as well as we can individually? Can we, are we doing as well as we can collectively? Uh, and then let's worry about the outcome later. And I, I always took that as a lesson learned in a sense that if we can control what we can control, positive outcomes will happen. That focus on the fundamentals never changed during Walvard's career at Central, but the playing style of his teams did change over the years. Melvin says that Walvard adapted well to his players and the evolution of the game. He was not about plays. He, he was not about uh, drawing things up on the board. It was much more free-flowing in terms of the motion offense. You know, I think he was a, a fan of, of Bobby Knight at the time who ran motion. You know, so, so many of us came from high schools that we, we ran plays, you know, set plays. You know, you move X and Y and here's what you do and here's, here's the third option where, you know, from a standpoint of, of basketball IQ, it was uh, – I always enjoyed it in a sense there wasn't no set plays. It was basically reacting to how the defense would play you and, in that sense, you – you would counter what they would count, how they would counter you. you it was free, free flowing. But I also think one of his, his benefits, it was really after I, I graduated, you know, I think he continued to morph and evolve as a coach. And you know, I think the teams after uh, I was there, you know, were much more up and down in terms of free flowing, fast breaking, you know, based on the Loyola Marymount kind of thing, you know, where you'd go up and up and down the court and launch the three. So I, I think any time you have a longevity of a coach that long, it's a credit to them in a sense of how they, how they evolve and morph as a coach. That run-and-gun style helped the Dutch return to prominence in the early 1990s behind players like Randy Schultejohns, Nate Hart, Chris Robertson, Woody Klein, Randy Smid, and Mike Volster. In the five seasons between 1990-91 and 1994-95, Central tied for first place in the Iowa Conference four times and went to the playoffs three times. Walvard's last game as Central coach was in the first round of the 1995 NCAA Tournament, a 62-58 loss to St. Thomas of Minnesota. Walvard finished with 375 victories at Central, more than twice as many as any other Dutch men's basketball coach, and he was named Iowa Conference Coach of the Year five times. In addition to the wins and league titles and the on-court success, Walvard left behind a number of legacies at Central. While it's commonplace for today's Dutch teams to travel throughout the country and internationally for spring break, the holidays, and over the summer, that wasn't really a thing before Walvard arrived on campus. I was a, a sort of a country boy. I was not a farmer or anything, but small town Wisconsin. And this is during the Depression. And, of course, we didn't get a chance to travel, period. A lot of people, if they're still around that are my age, uh, you look back and you, you traveled with spare tires on top of the car because you couldn't buy new ones. And uh, part of this was economic. Part of it was warfare. But... Uh, I, I always wanted to travel, and when I came to Central, one of the things I realized was how important that tri travel was for me. And then, of course, the, those first years of coaching uh, in California, uh, I got nine years to travel around California, and I thought this was something great for students to, to acquire. We, we had foreign studies programs, but no foreign athletic program. Walvard's central teams played games in Norway, Sweden, Spain, Germany, Austria, Italy, Yugoslavia, the Bahamas, Hawaii, and all over the continental United States. 
Vierhoff says that was a big deal. Even in the recruiting process, hearing that they were you know, going to go to Europe and play for a couple of weeks back then, and travel isn't is different today. That was much harder back back then to work something. Uh, we got to spend uh, Christmas in Hawaii, and the families got to come along. I remember a trip, and this one wasn't as maybe sexy as some of the other trips. We went down to Georgia for a winter trip. And we got to go played in Augusta, uh, a, a tournament in Augusta. And coach being the golf golfer, he is to arrange the, for the team to go out at, to Augusta National, which for those in the golfing community, you know, that's not easily done. That's a very exclusive place to get to. Well, I hate to say that, but back then a group of 18, 19-year-old basketball players probably didn't have any appreciation that coach had got us on Augusta National. I told you earlier about the success that Vierhoff had on the court. Well, he was afraid that his career was going to be over before it even started when he made an off-the-court mistake on a central trip to Europe. At the last minute, some things had happened. One of the players couldn't go, and so it was unusual for a freshman to make that trip. So I I, I got to go to Norway and Sweden, and that was kind of the, the young buck on the team. And uh, when we got over there, we went out one night, and the players would get to go out and experience the, the city a little bit, walk around with a group of us got lost and didn't find it back to the hotel till after curfew. But well, being the freshman, there were these big double rooms, but I stayed in the same room with the coach because everybody else, that's what the fresh one freshman had to do. I remember sneaking into that room being afraid. I'm done central. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be kicked out of here. He's probably going to send me on the next flight home for missing curfew. I got to believe he knew what was going on, but he never let on. And, and I appreciated that. I think, I think coach, coach was very intense, whether it be a practice or a game. And sometimes you wonder if he saw the, what was going on around him. He was so intense, whether it was be, be watching the defensive practice. But, but I think it, it, after uh, you mature a little bit, grow up, and you look back, I think he probably knew exactly what was going on all the time, all around him. He just didn't let on on to us as players back then. Another thing that Walvard knew about, or at least figured out, was how to make money. Trips were expensive and fundraising was relentless. If you're around Pella today, you'll still see the legacy every May of Walvard's best money-making idea, a bratwurst stand at Tulip Time. Yeah, at that time there was not a bratwurst in Pella. At least none that I'm aware of. I couldn't find any. I'm not sure there were any in Iowa at that time. And uh, when you sit down and, and try to put together enough money uh, to take a trip like we wanted to take at that time, uh, you try and figure out oh, how and where are you going to find the funds for that. And as, as a result, we, you know, as I say, we... we um, help people move. We poured concrete, uh, anything you asked for. And then it came across my mind that, well, what we could do is bring in some bratwurst and uh, see what happens to it, uh, because that would be one way that we could raise money. If I remember, uh, those bratwurst were a dollar a piece, uh, what is what we sold them for. And uh, we, we, we had. If I remember correctly, 250 pounds, and uh, we sold them where the f- uh, the bank is downtown now. They're right on the square there. We took an old uh, prop or set for the uh, drama department and uh, 
put that up as a stand. And I don't believe that outside of our stand that there was more than one or two other stands in in the in, in the activities at that time. Churches were doing a lot of the metal, the food uh, provision for people. What we did was was a gamble. So I I, I had to drive up to Wisconsin to get those bratwurst because they would not sell them across state border. Evidently, the states uh, had meat, had laws over shipping laws that if you weren't uh, uh, licensed to sell, you you couldn't cross the border. So the first couple of years, we had to drive all the way into uh, what's the bratwurst capital of the world today? Uh, well, it certainly is Wisconsin. Uh, is it Johnsonville, Rots? Yes, there, there we go. There, there you got it. That's it. And that's what uh, we were getting was Johnsonville brats. The first year, uh, a number of people asked me, what's a brat? Which today, of course, would be ridiculous. But they were so good that uh, we were sold out before the, uh, well, really almost before anything started on Saturday. Uh, Thursday and Friday, we sold our our supply and uh, obviously were uh, way short. One thing that Walvard wasn't short on at Central was talented teams. As I mentioned earlier, he piloted 10 Iowa Conference champions, eight of which went to the NCAA playoffs. So I asked Coach the impossible question, which one was the best? Oh, I've often pondered that uh, if, if I if somebody would ask me that kind of question. I'm not so sure that if, if, if I ever had a chance to have a tournament, any any team that had Vern Dent Herder on it, we were going to get burned in, in the post. We just not uh, could not. Well, we had great postmen, but they couldn't do what Vern Dent Herder could do, and that was uh, rebound and score uh, as well. I don't know what what would happen. I, I don't know. I, I wouldn't give put a stamp on any one of the. What, what did I have? Twenty nine? Did you say? 29 seasons at the helm of the Central College men's basketball team and hundreds of lives that he touched. Walvard says that's the most important piece of all of it. On the day of our interview, he was getting ready to go watch a game at the University of Sioux Falls, who's coached by Central alum Chris Johnson, a member of Walvard's final recruiting class. We basically talk about how's your family, and do you remember Bill, or do you remember Ron? Or They grow very tight ties. And that's visible when you start getting cards at a, at a time like birthdays. And uh, you, you realize what the, what the college and their participation uh, meant to the student. I think we're, we're quite successful at Central in that area. Vierhoff, a retired physical therapist who built a practice with more than 40 clinics in Virginia, agrees that Central, and specifically Walvard, prepared him for life after college. We share Christmas cards. I've had a chance to see him a couple times back on campus. Uh, He's very special and what he meant for me and what he did for my career, not as a basketball player, but preparing for life and preparing for a good career in the physical therapy field. So now Jack Jack played a key role in that. I'm always appreciative for what he did. And so is Melvin, who's now a vice provost in enrollment management at the University of Kansas. The things you take from sports are are, are life-lasting in terms of you know the, the discipline, uh, in terms of preparation, a commitment, 
the ability to, to work and understand that there's value in that. It might always not always be uh, successful in terms of the outcome, but you, you control where you go. You can control things uh, and, and, and through work. Uh, and I think I'll take that from coach. We, he always joked when he wrote a poster on our first, when I was a freshman, going to work. And I think coach always said, we're going to work. Let's go to work. Uh, and I still talk about that all today in terms of uh, there's real value to get through something. You got to get into something. Uh, and I think that's what sports teaches. And I think that's what coach Walbert taught me. With the benefit of hindsight, Melvin has an even greater appreciation for his old coach. He sees firsthand the number of resources that are available to the basketball program at Kansas that simply weren't and aren't available at a school like Central. Yet Walvard made it work. What he was required to do as a basketball coach, which is, you know, Division Three, you're, you're not only coaching, you're recruiting. He's teaching a couple classes on the side and then tells his family, guess what, I get to drive a bus to Decorah <laughs> for the game on, uh, on Friday night, and I'm driving back at 2 in the morning. So I, I always admired that in terms of uh, in real passion for the game, uh, and, and it's, a, it's a love of the game. But not all of those bus rides ended well, as Melvin remembered one of his favorite stories from his days with the Dutch. We call it the cattle wagon. You know, basketball teams aren't that big, so you can you don't have to take a bus. I think it seats about 15 or 16 people tops. And, of course, then the, the coach, you know, on a freezing winter night in Pella, on the drive home, you know, he's all bundled up and driving the cattle wagon. Well, we hit a deer in some remote, desolate area of, of Iowa, as you can imagine. And, of course... It's freezing, and we pull over, and the and the car is kind of you know the front end of the thing smashed in. We run into some mechanic who's there at you know two in the morning or whatever, and we were there. And the question was always, well, can you can you drive it? You know, can you drive it home? And he says, well, I would, if I were you, I'd just drive the son of a buck home. And and we just all started laughing, and then coach comes in the, the wall and he's like, well, this guy said we can just drive the son of a buck home. So we got in the, we got back in the van and the cattle wagon and headed on back to Pella. So that, that was always a funny story. As I wrapped up my interview with Veerhoff, he wanted to share one of his favorite memories of Walford, which he thought spoke volumes about the character of his coach. My four years at Central, I did pretty well academically and I only got one C and that was C was given to me in a golf class by Coach Walford. I remember being pretty upset with that, thinking, Coach, I'm, I felt like I've done a really good job. But he goes, well, you didn't do well on the test. You deserve to see. <laughs> so, so there was no favoritism towards the athletes or the basketball players. You, you were just one more student, and you needed to do the work, and you got the grade you, you deserve. Walvert ultimately got what he deserved as well, as he was enshrined in the Central College Athletics Hall of Honor in 2012. Today, Jack Walvert is 91 years old and lives in a nursing home in Sioux Falls, South Dakota. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of the Dutch Memories Podcast. We'll have a new episode every month featuring a player, coach, game, team, or moment in Central College's storied athletic history. You can subscribe on Apple, Google, or Spotify so you never miss an episode, or just check the podcast section at KNIAKRLS.com. Dutch Memories is a KNIA KRLS production. I'm Trevor Castle, and go Dutch.